there is a direct correlation with what I'm thinking about myself, what I'm saying about myself, and what I'm doing for myself. When they're all in alignment, whether they're only true this moment moving forward, or maybe just in this moment, does it mean I'd never eat chocolate again? My name is Marcel Hansen, and you're listening to Small Habits, Big Changes. Let's dive in. Welcome to today's episode. My name is Marcel Hansen, and today we're going to discuss powerful self-talk. Now, most of us know it's really important to have positive self-talk, but today I want to focus more on the self-talk. Yes, it should be positive, but what are you saying to yourself and to others that will help create the new reality that you want for yourself? Let's dive in. The language we use in our everyday speech is super powerful. Not only the messages that we say to ourselves in our internal dialogue, sometimes external dialogue, conversations we're having with ourselves, but also with our friends and families and people we don't know. Each and every day, in every moment, in every experience, you have an opportunity to shape your new reality. If you continue to say the things that aren't true, but used to be true, they will remain integral in your identity. Separating what used to be from what you want to be is very, very important here. An example might be as something as simple as, I have said many, many, many times in the last 20 years, I don't eat chocolate or I don't like chocolate. The truth is, for my entire upbringing, I ate milk chocolate all the time. Not every single day, but every week, whether it was a Snickers bar or some M&Ms. I was never a really big chocolate lover, yet I consumed processed chocolate. And then when I decided to not eat chocolate anymore, mainly because the chocolate I was eating was processed and not good for me, both by way of sugar, fillers, dyes, and if that's not enough, dairy. So changing that literally overnight, I went cold turkey. I had to change the part of me that was a chocolate eater to the new part of me that was not a chocolate eater. Does that make sense? So in order to reinforce that, I wanted my actions of not eating chocolate to align with my verbiage of not liking chocolate or not eating chocolate and vice versa, and for them to be congruent in alignment. So if someone asked me for some, I'd say, no, thank you. I don't eat chocolate or I don't like chocolate. And yes, that sometimes solicits a response. It wasn't so much for them, but more to reinforce for myself that I wasn't eating chocolate anymore and not to go into it and not to glorify it and not to look back and go like, oh, I love chocolate. If I continued to say I love chocolate or I eat chocolate or yeah, I'll have that chocolate, I would be eating chocolate. There is a direct correlation with what I'm thinking about myself, what I'm saying about myself, and what I'm doing for myself. When they're all in alignment, whether they're only true this moment moving forward, or maybe just in this moment, does it mean I'd never eat chocolate again? No, I have had dark chocolate. I do find the sugar content too much, even with the coconut sugar or any other kind of sugar. I still, or mung fruit the bitter of the dark chocolate is, is not my favorite. And then coupled with the fact that it often has, it's overly processed in, in my opinion and for my palate and it, and it tends to have too much sugar in it. 
Does it mean that I will never have chocolate again? No, it means I don't eat chocolate. And that is a, a very generalized, ongoing statement. And as a general rule, I don't eat chocolate. If I ate chocolate, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to shame myself. It's not for weight reasons or anything like that. It's simply for the fact that it has sugar in it. So if for some reason, someone came up and said, hey, I have some dark chocolates, really tasty, good antioxidants, no sugar, then I probably would be tempted to try it. It's not that I don't see the benefits in it. And, and this is really beside the point on chocolate because I do it for dairy. There's a number of things I do it for. Meat for many, many years. I didn't eat meat for two and a half decades. And now I've just gone back to eating red meat and I don't have it very often, but I don't eat seafood other than salmon and I don't do dairy. And so, though I don't count butter and dairy funny enough and people do go, oh, you don't want butter? And I was like, oh, I don't care about butter, but I don't do milk or yogurt or ice cream, things that are more lactose filled as in Butter, yeah, butter has never bothered me, but I don't make lactase anymore, so I'd have to take an enzyme to take it. Otherwise, I'd experience extreme gastro pains. But that doesn't stop me. Someone offered me, a client uh, offered me a little jar of homemade pesto, and there's a possibility that there is cheese in it. She couldn't remember. They couldn't remember if it was a batch that they had frozen with or without cheese. But I'm like, ah, it's fine. I could take an enzyme. Pesto, in particular, I like, especially homemade. Yet it typically does have Parmesan in it. Not always. Sometimes it does. And if it does, it's not going to stop me. I, I don't eat it very often. I'm willing to pay the price. I will take an enzyme beforehand. And if it still upsets my stomach, I, I probably won't be running back. But one to two times a year is not going to kill me. And I can weigh the benefits of knowing what the hardships are because I really like pesto. Now, if I told myself I don't eat pesto, then I wouldn't have it anymore. And it would be that simple. And I, maybe I, I might come to that point. And this can apply to anything, whether it's smoking, drinking, smoking weed, taking pills, dairy, chocolate, sugar, gluten, baked goods, cookies, candy, anything. It can apply to any food that you don't want to eat anymore for whatever reason, religious, spiritual, ethical physical, psychological, for whatever reason, if you don't want to do something, yet you've been doing it, start telling yourself that you don't do that. And then you need to follow through with it. So those things are congruent. So your verbiage, your self-talk, what you say to other people, and your actions are all aligned. This is a little bit of a habit breaking and habit building hack, if you will. And I've never really heard anybody break it down in just this way, yet this is something I've done for years and years and years. And I know there's probably people out there going, oh, that's why she always said that. But it really is a reinforcement for me. I don't really care whether other people go, oh, she doesn't eat chocolate. Lucky you. It's not anything about that. I don't want to eat chocolate. I don't have anything against chocolate. But I want to reinforce on every opportunity that I can when offered chocolate, not to just kindly decline, but to make it known that I don't eat chocolate. What that does is people do remember over time and they stop offering it to me, which is great because then I don't have to decline it. It makes it a lot easier. If I want to tempt myself with something, which I do often tempt myself, I go into a convenience store, into a 7-Eleven, into a Max, into the little Vegas, and I will look up and down every aisle of all the candies. And I will remind myself of how disgusting they are and how 
packed full of sugar and dyes and junk that they are. And when I still have a Pavlovian response of being like, oh, but I remember when, then I pick it up and I read the ingredients. And that's all it takes. The first one that I get to, I know most of them by now, but for years and years, it was the first one that I got to that I didn't know what it was. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm not putting something I don't know into my body. Whoop. And I could go deeper on this because you know what I was thinking? It's a really powerful one around sugars because I have said for years, my whole life, that I don't do drugs. And I don't do drugs. <laughs> it's a statement. It's a part of my identity. I, I've never smoked weed. I've never been on ongoing like prescription drug. I don't do, I've never done any narcotics and I don't, I don't drink. And so in me saying I don't do drugs and it over, over years and years and years of not doing drugs, being around people who do do some drugs. I have always said I don't do drugs. And it, it clicked with me a few years back. I don't think I've ever shared this story of just how much I associate sugar as a drug. And yet I still consumed some processed sugar. This was many years ago, actually, because I've cut out processed sugar several years ago. But I didn't make the association until... Until maybe I would, I don't know, I can't remember a specific instance, but I made the association at one point that sugar actually is a drug. And my identity as someone who does not do drugs made it really easy for me to decline all sugars. Someone offered me a cookie, a piece of cake, a cheesecake, a pie, some ice cream, even if it's dairy free, even if the ice cream sandwich is dairy free and gluten free, it's still full of sugar. And I don't do drugs and I see sugar as a drug. So therefore it makes it really simple for me to not do sugar, not do any of it because I see it as a drug. I don't think that many of you listening need to go to the extreme that I have, yet I, I want to express just how powerful the language is that we use. And I say we like the proverbial we. The language I use is hypnotic. I repeat it. I say it to other people. When I see something that is a question like, should I consume that or not? It pops up in my internal dialogue, something I have ongoing with myself, with the people around me, my friends, family, and then with strangers at a restaurant, if I'm offered something or not, really simple to make the shift. So I hope that that's been helpful as far as like how you can be in alignment with what you want for yourself, whether it's ingestion, whether it's something you're taking in, eating, drinking, partaking in an activity. And language is powerful. How we act and what we say, being in alignment is powerful, helps move you forward, move you through change, help you drop an old habit, create a new one, all in one. It's a very simple and straightforward dialogue that you can create with yourself and with those around you to communicate where you're going. It's pretty simple, actually. Try it on. Think of something that you don't want to continue doing, whether it's cussing yelling, smoking, and keep it to yourself for now. Create a sentence that identifies you as not being that person or being the opposite of that activity, right? And use that as a mantra because it will take reinforcement for it to be believable and be real to share with other people. It'll take you reinforcing it a bit internally 
probably first. So try that on and see how it goes. If you have any questions about how this could play out or if you're struggling to create maybe a, a hypnotic trance for yourself, you already have one right now. If somebody shows you a piece of chocolate and you're like, mm, that looks really good. Why wouldn't you want it then? I look at it and go, I don't eat chocolate. And I know it sounds very simple because I've trained myself, but you can train yourself as well. If it's chocolate, that's just one example. I'm not, I'm not a proponent for or against chocolate. If you like it, have at her. The higher quality chocolate, the better. Cacao, better. 60, 70, 80% plus would be great. There's a lot of benefits in chocolate. I personally just don't eat chocolate. And so if I see a piece of cake, even though I could imagine back in the day, or even now I could still imagine it looking good. I know what it kind of looks like. I don't even let my mind go there because I control my mind. Okay. I control my mind. And there are bodily responses. Like I might salivate when I, if you showed me a bag of Sour Patch Kids, I probably would salivate. I might even just thinking about them, but I don't eat them anymore. And I don't usually even add the anymore. I just say, I don't eat those. I don't eat candy. I don't eat sugar. Did I for most a good portion of my life? Yes, of course. That's probably the main impetus that got me onto furthering my wellness journey. I ate sugar on a daily basis growing up and for the first two decades of my life. So something strong had to change that identity or I would have just continued it. I would have continued eating fast food. I would have continued eating and drinking dairy. I would have continued eating meat. I would have continued eating poorly. And I would have continued experiencing the negative side effects from those decisions and the manifestations of them within my body. I would have continued that had I continued that. I know that makes sense. And it seems very simplistic. And of course, yet what shifted that was my decision to shift it and then speaking a different, a new reality into being. That's how it began. If you got any insight from this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or family member who you think also would find value in it. You can leave a comment down below if that's available, if you're on YouTube. If you're on any of the podcast sites, you can rate or review. And please, if you're interested in more goodness and you want to share your insight and really contribute to the community, then shoot us a text with the word yes to 206-483-2960. And until the next episode, stay awesome.